I'm introducing the theme for the month today, which we will be working through this entire month. The reason for that is that during our word explosion, we received a very challenging word that reordered our priorities and re-instructed us in what we need to do. John 9, 4, particularly the phrase, working whilst it is day. We're grappling with that question. How can I work whilst it is day? Every one of us were trying to answer this question because we are the difference that society is looking for. And we want to answer the question while the opportunity presents itself. Because in the words of Jesus, he says, we must work whilst it is still day. Night comes when no one can work. We've learned from the session here, Bishop Charlo, that the systems of this world do not work. When they don't work, the last hope there is, is the church. And you heard from Mfundisi Tandanani, the question we were asked, what do you see? In other words, when you look at your life, when you look at yourself, what is it that God is troubling your heart with? We're going to answer this question, and we're going to ask some uncomfortable questions. And our whole reason and purpose is to get every one of us to fulfill what you have been called for. You are not here on earth as a mistake. You are not a coincidence. You are the one that God wants to use. Tell your neighbor, God wants to use you. Tell your other neighbor, God wants to use you. Tell, look at your neighbor and say, God wants to use me. See, God wants to use you. So as I'm preaching, I don't want you to be looking at the person next to you or looking at me. I'm talking to you. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So someone ena ishaba neluena laula rahapi shopura rakana ya kajeko kira rakawena and the whole month kira rakawena. God wants to use me. Say it again. God wants to use me. You see, the reason God is constantly working in us is because He wants to work through us. He's looking for people that He can entrust with the big mandate of making the world different. And sometimes we fail to respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. But we want to break it down this month to show you how the Spirit speaks, to identify what is it that He wants you to do, and how you can busy yourself with what you came into the world for. It shouldn't be that at the end of your life you regret having used your life for what you were not called for. We wouldn't want on that day when you stand to give an account of your life before God that you should be embarrassed. We want you to hear the words from God. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And so we're going to use Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 and verse 13, as our anchor verse, and of course, we will go to other scriptures as this series unfolds. I'm reading from the King James Bible. It reads as follows. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Can you read that part with me, the last part? Read it out last. Last, let's hear it. What, do you, what does it say? How does it read? That was not convincing class. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. Let's do better than that. Let's read together. Earring. Say it again. Look at your neighbor and tell them that. Neighbor, neighbor 
Tell them. Now, let's give a little bit of a background to this text. The church in Philippi was one of those churches that Paul loved a lot. Because these Christians in Philippi had really supported Paul in the work of the ministry. When this church started, Paul didn't have the privilege to spend a lot of time in Philippi. He couldn't. And so he spent quite a short time with them. And he, he, he also sort of hints that to say, you know, you obeyed when I was with you. This time around, he's writing a letter to them. He's not with them. And he's encouraging them in the words we have read. Among the many things that Paul commends them for is how they supported him when he was in jail and when he was in need. Paul says, when I was in need, the only church that supported me was you. You gave to me in my bonds. You supported the work of the ministry and you, you, you gave to me. And he says, even if you gave to me, it wasn't for me. It was for your own account and that God will repay you and my God will supply all your needs according to your riches in glory. We love quoting Philippians 4.19, but we don't look at the context in which that was written. And so Paul loved this church. And so he writes this letter to them. First of all, he commends them for their obedience. And he talks about so many other things. Then he gets to this verse and he exhorts these Christians to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. They were born again. They were God's children. But Paul is challenging them to go further. Paul is saying, it's not enough. There's a lot more to it that God wants to do. And I want you to work out your own salvation. Let's read it again. It says, work out your own salvation. Let's read it again. What does it say? Work out. Yeah. Just read until salvation. Read it again. Work out. Read it again. Note, he didn't say work for your salvation. He says work out your own salvation. See, the word salvation includes being born again. But it goes beyond being born again. It includes being healed, being made whole, being made well, being delivered. It means being filled with the Spirit. It means walking and working in the fullness of your calling, maximizing in your maturity. That word salvation is an is a, is a all-inclusive word. So Paul says... Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So Paul is not saying we must work for salvation. He's not saying work to get born again. Because we know from Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, by grace we have been saved. So we can't work to get born again. We can't deserve, we can't work enough for God to say you have a right to come to heaven. But to be born again, it's a matter of receiving Christ as Savior and Lord. But Paul says, after you have gotten born again, at that time when you got born again, God lavished on you the full package. It's only that when you got born again, you got a starter pack, which is Puluso. But there is more to salvation than Puluso. And for you to be able to get the rest of it, you have to work out. So Paul says, you got born again. Mara, don't stop there. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. But don't stop there. Start operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Don't stop there. Live a holy life. Don't stop there. Start using the gifts and the talents that God has given you. Don't stop there. Start reaching out to other people. He says, yeah, God gave you Puluso, being born again. And he leaves it to you to grow into full maturity. So you've got to work out your salvation. That expression, work out, it's, it's, it's an expression that we use in many ways. In this context, it means to carry something out to its ultimate goal. 
It implies, therefore, when you received what you received from God, God gave you a starter pack or God started you at entry level. And God wants you to not stay at entry level. He wants you to go and if it's a, if it's a car, God wants you to have a full house car. So God says, I've given you entry level car, but I'm expecting you to pimp your right. I'm expecting you to take it from entry level so that it becomes full house. But it's going to be you who does it. You have to work out your salvation. Another sense that this word is used in is almost like we do in mathematics. In mathematics, you know, when I was at school, they used to give us a mathematical problem to solve, right? And the teacher will give you certain equations to work to certain equations, and he then has a question that he's asking. And he wants you to come to a conclusion based on those equations that he gives you. So when you go home, you take these equations, you know, you, you start working, adding, multiplying, and then you are able to arrive at the answer that you are supposed to arrive at. So we call it working out. So the working out involves several things. Number one, you have to have a starting level. In other words, you don't work with nothing, you work with what is existing. And we assume in mathematics that the formulas you have are correct, okay? Your x's and your y's are correct. So you take your x's and your y's that are correct, you work out and you come to a conclusion, you come to a final answer. Meaning, working out your own salvation says we are not going to be passive Christians. Working out our own salvation says we are going to have a desire in our lives to come to a full maturity. It's not enough for me now. You know, it's not enough for me to just talk about I have got to grow from to a place where I am a usable part of the kingdom of God. Can I hear an amen? So he says, work out your salvation. Note, he says carry your salvation to its ultimate conclusion, which is Christ-likeness. Because God has filled your spirit with a starter pack. We call it potential. Watch. God is always a potential giver. But he doesn't give you the final product. With the earth, God has put gold in the belly of the earth. And he's left it to us to discover it, to mine it, and to refine it. But the gold is ours. And the gold is something of great value. But God doesn't develop it for you. He gives it to you in potential form. In the same way, you have so much potential in your spirit. And God is waiting for you to mine it, to discover it, to develop it. And remember, what has been developed is much more worth than what is inside in the form of raw material. There are many Christians, there is so much more worth in your life, but you are not able to see it because you haven't worked out your own salvation. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? And I like it the way he says it. Because when he says salvation, he is telling us that we have received something from God and we have been chosen by God. Tell your neighbor you've been chosen by God. Tell them again. Tell them again. In other words, we should live as the ones that God has chosen. That God has chosen me for a special task. In John 15, 16, listen what Jesus said. Jesus says, you have not chosen me. I love it. But I have chosen you. And not only have I chosen you, I have ordained you. That you should go forth and bring forth fruit. And that your fruit should remain. Which means this. In your area of being chosen by God, you will be fruitful. Ah. Whatever God has chosen you for, whatever God has ordained you for, if you function in that area, you will be fruitful. Mara, if you are functioning in something that you were not chosen for, that you were not ordained for. And the truth is, 
You see, when God made fish, he made fish to swim in water, either in the rivers, in the ocean, in the sea, wherever. He made fish to swim, not to fly like birds. So imagine this fish that goes on a 40-day fast because it's going to do spiritual warfare because it wants to fly like birds. Even if God is a miracle worker, he is not going to answer that prayer because that fish was not created to fly. It was created to swim. Its body with scales, the shape of its body, the way it is structured, it is able to cope with the temperature cometing. It's able to survive. The food it needs for sustenance is in the water. It's not out there. So if it is in its habitat... It will maximize in its potential. You can never outswim it because that is its habitat. You can never outfly a bird because that is its habitat. But there are many of God's people who are trying to fly when God has made them fish. And they are binding the devil and rebuking the devil and going on a 40-day fast and nothing is working and they just cannot figure out. But that's because you are not doing what you were chosen for. Yeah. Jesus says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. I have chosen you that you should go and bring forth fruit. He says, and that your fruit should remain. You see, see, when you are in your area of calling, your impact and your effect will still be there long after you are gone. In other words, there's nobody who can outdo you when you are being who God has called you to be. And you will be fruitful. You will be productive. Let's go back to our verse. It says, work out. Work out. Let's read that last part. Work out what? Read it again. What? Work out your own salvation. In other words, you see, sometimes we are looking at other people wondering why, but in the way we are, and we're not focusing on ourselves. You work out your own salvation. In other words, take personal responsibility for the development of your life. Don't leave it to coincidence. Don't leave it to chance. Don't leave it to luck. Don't leave it. Don't leave your destiny in the hands of other people. Pick yourself up. Make yourself grow. Put yourself in an environment that will cause you to maximize in who God has made you. Can I hear a good amen and out? Work out your own salvation. He's saying, if you're going to develop in these areas, if you're going to be able to achieve these milestones in your life, you have to do something about it. You have to work out. You have to place yourself in a place of growth. You have to work hard. You have to do what is necessary to be able to grow in that area. Work out your own salvation. In other words, make sure that you take personal responsibility for your own growth. But it says, work out with fear and trembling. Very interesting. Very interesting. This fear and trembling, when you read in the Bible, it is not a fear of terror or a fear that paralyzes us. But it's a fear of wholesome caution. In other words, it's a fear of self-distrust. It's a fear where we are trusting God, we are believing God, whilst we are applying ourselves, we are opening ourselves to God to say, God built me. It is that kind of fear. It's a fear where we say to ourselves, I'm going to be forever sensitive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit that when he shows me something to do, I will do it. There are many people who are not developing in their life because they are very unresponsive to what God is saying to them. Sale Sale akena adula kostulo. Look at your neighbor and say, I will talk to Bishop. Yeah, no. <laughs> there are some Christians where they are going to church and they are reading the Bible. 
doesn't make them to be valuable citizens of the kingdom of God. They, 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 they don't contribute anything. They are consumers. See, so, so someone is to come and want to be blessed. See, they come to church. I wonder Bishop Kajoku. And amen, hallelujah. And you are sitting next to them right now. They are not. They want to see Mara with all the teachings, all the anointing that comes upon them in church services. There's not even one area in life where they're making a difference. that song airing Mina no so Mina no so me, myself, and I, they just never think that their life was meant to go beyond them. Because the highest level of living is not being blessed. It's being a blessing. I've said it before, but let me repeat it. I think this is the right place to say it. When God met Abraham, God speaks to him. Come out of your nation. Come out of your city. Come out of your place. To a place that I will show you. God says, I will, I will make you a father of many nations. He says, then he says, I will bless you. And then he says, I will make you a blessing. It's three steps. He starts working in you and making you. When you respond to his making, to his shaping, to his molding, and then Uguti bless. And when you are excited, Uguti Uguti bless, no Angzanya Uguti bless for you. Mfuna Utate this bless, I see God raising you to be a blessing. I said, I see God raising you to be a blessing. When God gives you a gift, like I've said before, the gift is of, I mean, look at our musicians helping us singing and worshiping. Huh? Imagine them just singing to themselves at home. It's okay, Mara. But you see, they sing and they lead us all and we get into the presence of God. They are a blessing. There's a sermon I heard that uh, I think it was Jerry Savelle who preached it many years ago. He said it, it, he entitled it Born to be Blessed and Born to be a Blessing. Tell your neighbor, I'm born to be blessed. And I'm born to be a blessing. Yeah. So God is working in you because He wants you to be a blessing. Note what it says. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which is working in you. Tell your neighbor, God is working in you. Say it again. Then it tells us how God is working in us. It says, God is working in you. I love this one. Both to will and to do. Not your pleasure, but his pleasure. So God is constantly working in you, prompting you to fulfill his will, to fulfill what you are called for, to work whilst it is still day. God is constantly working in you for you to reach out to other people, to be a blessing to others. He's working in you. And he's working in you in two ways. Both to will and to do. Let's break that down for you. Let's break that down for you. The Amplified Bible, rather the Weymouth translation reads, for it is God himself whose power creates within you the desire. So, so, so it means how God is working in you. He creates in you the desire. He creates in you the desire to do his gracious will. 
So it means as you are serving God, as you are worshiping God, desire starts growing. You have a desire to pray more. You have a desire to live a holy life. You have a desire to serve in the ministry of help. You have a desire to lead a home cell. You have a desire to start a business. You have a desire to do all these things. You think it's you having that desire. In the meantime, it is God who has put that desire in you. You think it's you. Mara, it's God putting the desire in you. Watch it. Let's have that verse. Let's have that, that, that translation again. It says, for it is God himself whose power creates within you the desire to do his gracious will. So once you start uh, cooperating with God, you realize God is working in you. It's not a mistake that we have people here who say, I want to serve in the ministry of helps. I want to become a pastor. I want to become an usher. I want to become a counselor. Or maybe you say, I want to become a doctor. I want to become a teacher. You thought it's you. Watch this, Barcelona. Watch those desires in you that come up to the fore, particularly after a long time of prayer or time in the presence of God. Those desires that float up in your spirit and they come up in your spirit. And it is those things on the inside of you that are God's will for you. Many people also don't realize that in the age of innocence, when we were children, before the world changed us, <laughs> before everybody clever, before we started learning other things, when we were children, there are things that we wanted to become. And most of the times, that which you wanted to become as a child, most of the time, is the correct calling of your life. But why did you end up where you ended up? Life. Yeah. When I grew up, I wanted to become a, a teacher. Well, that was my desire. I wanted to be a teacher. So I was going to go into teaching. I was going to study and go into teaching. Because the teaching I knew is the teaching people at school. I didn't know you can teach the people in church. As I'm doing now. What does a teacher do? A teacher takes a complex topic, they are able to explain it. That's why Hakira runs a little, ah, 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 amen, amen. But it is God who has placed that ability on the inside. And when he places that desire, he says, it is God who creates, it is God whose power creates within you the desire. So I've always wanted to be a teacher. That was my desire. Unfortunately, we live in a world of many misplaced people. People who have trained to be something, but they were called and anointed to be something else. So you have people who are serving to make money, but they're not serving to fulfill destiny. Look at your name and say, why, why? My elder sister, I talked about this in the first service, told me a story once, and I never forget the story that she said, told me, of one of these uh, surgeons at Natal Spread Hospital when she was a trainee nurse, who was a, a very good surgeon, you know, performed surgery. And they once brought in a guy who had been stabbed, and the, his aorta had been ruptured. I mean, his injuries were really bad, and they brought him into the ICU, and the extent of his injury was such that he needed immediate attention. I mean, them trying to set up stuff in, 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 in theater took too long. So this guy took a blade or a knife, you know, opened this guy's ribs, just... Yeah, his. Put his hand in his ribcage, took hold of his heart, pumped his heart, and the guy came back to life, and the guy survived. He says, Mara, but what was surprising is that the way he was doing it, you could see Lomuntu Unolaga. He's doing the right thing, Mara, his attitude. It's like he's not enjoying what he's doing. And my sister said, I observed this doctor and I noticed that though he do, he, he's, doing, he's doing all that he should be doing, Mara, he's not enjoying it. He's not happy. He's not nice. 
He's angry. My sister says, finally, you know those days of apartheid, ne? you don't talk to Maburu like that. But my sister says, I gathered up enough courage to ask this doctor, doctor so-and-so, I just, this is what I've observed. You, you are good, Mara. You seem to not be, and, 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 and funny enough, this guy answered him, and he stretched out his hands. He says, you see, these hands were, were made to, walk with so, to work with soil. I am a farmer. And I wanted to be a farmer, but my, my parents forced me to go to medical school. So he is a surgeon by certificate. Mara, he is a farmer by calling. And we have many people like that. That's why they, are, they don't enjoy their job and they don't give pleasure to anybody that they are serving. There are some people, when you, when you go to their places of employment, if they are operating the front desk, the way they treat you. Just the way the Kuluma now and Jenna I'm in the wrong place. But there are people barring, if that is their calling. Even when you are going to the inquiry desk with a complaint, the way they handle your complaint, even when you wanted to take your business somewhere, just the way they say, you end up saying, okay, I'm not going to take my business away because that's what they were called for. There are many people, unfortunately, in our world, uh, I don't know if you've ever had an experience, and, and I usually use doctors as an example. This guy is, goes to medical school seven years. Because, unfortunately, he's one, from the, he's, he's one who is from those homes where, you know, the father said, Monaha, So, so, so you are forced to go to medical school because your parents say, we're go only going to have doctors in this house. Right? So the guy goes to medical school, seven years medical school, qualifies, serves as he should, finally operates and opens his own practice. Kai Kai, right? And you see that doctor so-and-so operating hours Monday to Friday or Monday to Saturday, seven until four, right? So you go there for consultation and you get there, but no doctor has a feet. Come on now, let's talk. And then you wait for two hours. If not three hours, and finally, he rocks up. But before he comes, you, you ask the receptionist to, Dr. Kokar, no go high. Why? No, now let's pass a shop. <laughs> so before he comes here, Ustatakos pass a shop, go garage in Kobon. Because by calling, he's a businessman. By certificate, he's a doctor. And because he is doing what he is not called for as a doctor, he doesn't give optimum service. He has no passion. He's not connected to what he's doing. He doesn't do it because he loves it. He does it because he's got the qualification. And we have many people like that. And people like that end up working for a living. And there's no way in the Bible where God said you must work for a living. What God wants is for you to work for destiny. To work in line with your calling. And when you start working in line with your calling, your worth and your gift will cause the rest of us to hunt you out. And when you find you, you will tell us what your worth is. But there are many people who are working to make a living. You're working a job, you don't like it. So in the morning, loud driver on the right-hand lane and the other people are showing you you are slow. You show them the middle finger because you're going to a job that you don't like. And this verse says, God himself creates within you the desire. In other words, be careful of the desires that God plants in your heart. What is it that in your heart of hearts you really want to do with give to your life? What is it? What is it? What is it as we worship, as we praise God, as you spend time in the presence of God? What is it that keeps floating up on the inside? Oftentimes, it's not just one area. God doesn't use us in just one area. It could be two, it could be three. 
See, I'm called as a teacher, but I'm also have a gift to be a leader. So, you know, I lead where I am. And some of you, you are leaders. You're called in that area, but you're not leading. You are that child all on a Baba. Because, you see, you must be able to identify this gift, even if they may be in the negative sense. You see, Mwana Ona, who always had the ball. You remember that child? They always had the ball, and the game doesn't start if they're not there. And it doesn't end if they don't win. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? And they've got the ball. They, and, and, and the rules of the game keeps changing to favor them. Yeah. I remember when we used to play, you know, you know, you know, shooting each other, you know. So, so you know, they go, pa, 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 I got you, pa, pa. I said, hi, I don't know. seven bullets. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? You just change the rules. But you see, in that quaggling, there's a leader there. Oh, come on, somebody. There's a leader there. If you look at it, Barcelona, many people who, on the negative side, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. There are people by and these are people, you know, you may look at it on the negative side, but those people, if God can get hold of them and turn that around, they, 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 they are the people who are good in marketing. They, they, they're always chacharach. They know how to, they can, they can sell ice to you as an Eskimo. Only an Eskimo, only out in the North Pole, they will sell ice to you, only in Iceland. Because they just know how to do it. They just know how to do it. Because the gifts in our lives, you know, there's these guys, that's a powerful leader. And they're intelligent, these guys. Yeah, they teach you the wrong things, Mara. They are, they, they are you know, you know. If, you look, if, you, if you look at Paul, 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 when he talks about the results of me, he says, I was, he says, I killed people. I murdered people. He says, but I did it in my ignorance. And when God got hold of Paul, he didn't change the way he was wired. He just sanctified the way he was wired. I see God sanctifying you in the way you are wired. Why? Because it is God who's working in you. Note what it says. It is God himself whose power creates within you the desire to do his gracious will. And then the second part, and also brings about the accomplishment of that desire. Oh, I love it. So God puts the desire in you, Hoba doctor, right? Then when you step out, God anoints you with the ability to complete your studies and anoints you with the ability to be a good doctor. So he plants the desire, and when you pursue the desire, he grants you the desire. In other words, God gives you the desire to give you the desire. So Paul says, work out your own salvation. Bring it to its ultimate conclusion. Be aware of how God is working on the inside of you. And in the coming weeks, we're going to break it down to show you how God works inside of you. How you recognize God working in me. There are things that happen. You'll be able to know. You know what my wish is? My desire is that at the end of this month, you will change careers. Yeah. Because, Basalana, if you work in what you're called for, you work with so much passion. I mean, we went to Bloemfontein, like I said earlier, we went to Bloemfontein this weekend. And Mama, as an administrator, you know, she... She took the files with her. I mean, we're going to preach there. She takes the files. She's going to work there. And I'm looking at her working there. Hey, this lady. She is so passionate about her work that she works outside of office hours. You know. So some, some of you, because you are, you are misplaced, you know, you know, even when you're working at a job, even before it's time up, so chase it. Because you don't have passion for what you're doing. If you're knocking off at 4 o'clock, go to 4. I have 4 o'clock, go to the gate. Go to the gate. 
And then, you're not even there early. You're always running late because you're going to something you don't like. Why live a miserable life? Why waste the days of your life that are so few in doing something that you were not called for? We tell people all the time, there's no way the church could pay us enough money. No way. Because there's a lot more work we do outside of what we do. Because of a calling. Everywhere we are, people come to us all the time asking questions, asking for prayer. You know, I was taking the other day, Kari, you know, you know sometimes when you go to consultation with these professionals, they charge you for everything. Some of them, Kari, they charge you just to look at them. They charge you, they say, 250,000 rice. 250,000. And you know, I thought about it. I thought, we get a salary like everybody. Okay, we get a salary like everybody. But I thought, if I was to work like these other professionals and charge for everything, Think about it, brother. I'm telling you, I can be a very rich man, young. I tell you. <laughs> Just fella who ya come upon your mall. Kuri. Just who ya come upon your mall, fella. I can get enough money to survive for the whole six months. Because Mangliga nje moto nguza umonte. Oh, pisho. Oh, pisho. Oh, in chumelo yako baba. Oh, oh, young players, man. Oh, kalumba menge sandla. Kere kubamba kasandla sena. Hundred thousand. Jesus, I'll send an invoice. And then I get to one of them, some young people say, whoa, 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 bishop, 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 can I take a selfie with you? And I say, I'm done, I'm 50,000. Eh? And then you get in there, you're shopping, somebody just runs to you, and they hold you, I am like that woman with the issue of blood, I'm holding the hem of your garment. Pray for me. You are trying to bite Lenrik, but no, no, but Momo, yeah, pray for me. Oh, Cheso, Siabonga, Baba. And, and you were supposed to go in for 15 minutes, you end up taking a whole hour. Yasman Pumalapa, get check invoice, Kiriya, Marane. But why do we do it, Bazaran? Because of a calling? Because of the love for God and the love for God's people? Yeah. We want to help people. We are not working for a living. We are living to fulfill purpose. Yeah. And you enjoy it. You love it. And you do it to serve people. And to be a blessing. I see you being a blessing. I said, I see you being a blessing. I said, I see you being a blessing. I see you being a blessing. I said, I see you being a blessing. I said, I see you being a blessing. I see you. I see you being a blessing. Imagine, Bazalan, you know, I'm a, I'm a leader and one of the things that leaders do is to imagine. We, 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 we give vision. We, we, we talk about a preferable future and we paint it for people. Think about it. If everybody in their career, in their calling, in their work, if everybody who is doing something was to have this kind of attitude, I'm called for this. I'm anointed for this. I'm here to serve and they operate in the area of their gifting. If we had called politicians, yeah, yeah, politicians who are called, people who care for the community, who understand why they're there. If we had called pastors, because sometimes in Alabama, we are not called. Church is for something else. It's not for preaching. It's not for teaching. It's not for helping people. It's for other things. Papa. It's all this other funny stuff. Hmm? If we had teachers who are called, they wouldn't be having love affairs with our children. Yeah. Yeah. If we had business people who are called, they wouldn't be robbing us. And giving us shoddy work and overcharging us. Because they take pride in their product. They serve with passion. Imagine what kind of world we would be in, Barcelona. If everybody in their area felt, I'm called for this. I want to be a blessing in this. And they were to serve God as called people. But you know what? I have a suspicion that I'm looking at those people. 
If you are not clapping, it means you are not one of them. Then, then I, I don't know what else to do for you. I said I have a suspicion that God is working on the inside of you and redefining. Redefining. I look around in society. I see young people jumping in, trying to help wherever. I mean, I see some of the people, I don't want to mention names, trying to solve problems. I may not agree with certain things they do. I may not endorse certain things they do, but I like the fact that they're trying to do something. And when I engage in conversation with some of them, oh, Lord, no, this is the thing I felt I must do something. Yeah, that's it. I felt I must do something. Because you do many things daily like this. And when, when, I, when they talk like that, that's leaders talking. Leaders don't just sit down and allow, allow things to happen. I can't. Leaders, they get up and they do something. I see you doing something in the name of Jesus. I said, I see you doing something in the name of Jesus. And I see you rising by the grace of God. Will you raise your hands as I pray for you? Father, thank you for your anointing in this house. Thank you for your presence. Shall we all stand on our feet? I think that way we'll receive better from God. Hallelujah. Raise your hands to the Lord. We take this seriously, God. We're not playing games with what your spirit said to us. We're not here to just have church and live here the same. Jesus, you said, occupy till I come. And that's what we want to do. May the church rise. May the bride of Christ come out of the closet. May the bride of Christ come to her full potential. May the sleeping giant rise from his sleep. We cannot allow the world to disintegrate whilst we are watching. When there's administrators among us, leaders among us, artisans among us, scientists among us, people in the health sector, ministers among us, activists among us, politicians among us. We cannot sit by and be passive. Work in us, God. Work in us. Create in us the desire, the willingness, and the ability to do what we've been called for. We bless your name. Anoint these hands that these hands will not be hands that work evil, but hands that work to build the kingdom of God. Anoint these hands that whatever these hands touch will be blessed. Anoint these hands that wherever these hands are, they will confer the blessing of God. Anoint our minds to think the thoughts of God. Anoint our eyes to see the God opportunities. Anoint our ears to hear the voice of God. Anoint our body with strength and health. That our bodies can be able to carry us. For we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Anoint our feet. That our feet will be quick to be messengers of peace. And so we pray in the name of Jesus. Let a new day and a new season come. Help us to work the works of God whilst it is still day. I pray even now, God. Speak in the hearts of your children. Show them opportunities all around society. I pray that we will not be still. We will not be silent. We will not be comfortable. I pray that we will not go back to the comfort of the past. Trouble us. Trouble us with a burden. Trouble us with a sense of mission that we will do what we are called to do. Hold hands with your neighbor and begin to pray for them in the Holy Ghost, please. Hallelujah. Shata maholedes. Manga brogodoria da seka mahayelet. Shahama none malide gurumahaba bro. Maitesi abro femal deskreba dayenunch. Or menembraga leverli dosia sosto. Shamahayelet. Mangre gederia sekor. Father, this hand that I hold, it's a hand of a man 
It's the hand of a woman. A man, a woman of destiny. I hold the hand of a world changer. I hold the hand of someone on a mission who's not on this earth by mistake. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Please remain standing. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. Just remain standing. Nobody moving around, please. If you're here, and you're here for the first time, and those watching by way of streaming, if you've never received Christ as Savior and Lord of your life, this is the opportunity. Please keep the doors open, ushers. It's kind of hot, eh? If you don't mind, just keep them open for us to ventilate the place. It's really hot. I want to ask you that if you haven't received Christ as Savior and Lord of your life and as you're sitting there, you realize God has a purpose for your life. And as I said, maybe you've been going the wrong way. But even in that wrong way, you realize that it's only that you didn't know Christ. God is able to turn and change things around in your life. And if you are to invite Christ in your life, he change you and make you a child of God. Our heads bowed, please. Our eyes closed to everybody as we remain standing. If you're there and you say, Bishop, please pray for me. My life is not right before God. I want to invite Christ into my life to be my Savior and my Lord. Would you pray for me? Would you raise your hand, please, right where you stand? Just raise it high. Let me see it. I want to pray for you. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. It's a time of change. Time of destiny. Oh God. Changing lives. Transforming lives. May all those who raise their hands, I want to pray for you. Will you please just come from where you are standing. Take all your belongings and walk to the front. I'm going to have Muruti Pizzo pray with you. Just walk to the front from where you are. Just come stand right here in front. Thank you, Jesus. Give them a powerful hand. This is a life-changing. Life-changing. Oh, Jesus. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Give them a big hand. Come on, Christ. They're giving their life to Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. The changer of life. Jesus, the one who transforms lives. Come, young man. Bless you.